Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Couples Corner, where Carrie and Steven, a husband and wife, and this is our little section of the internet where we talk about anything that interests us, and we hope that you listen. I'd just like to welcome you to our very first podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Steven, and I'm glad you're all here, all two of you. <laughs> uh, hopefully you like what we have to ramble on about. And if you ever have any suggestions or anything you want to hear, just let us know. All right, so today we thought we are recording this on the last official day of summer, Halloween, and we thought with tomorrow being the first day of our favorite time of the year, that we would just sort of talk about um, our general love of horror, our love of fall, uh, kind of what got us into all of that, and just kind of go from there. So... I guess we'll start with you, honey. What are some of your earliest horror movie memories? What guy? What's like the first horror movie that you can remember seeing that you? It's bad. Want to watch? <laughs> I was really, really little. I don't even know if anyone <clears throat> still knows this movie. I think it was in the '90s, maybe early 2000s. The Faculty. Oh yeah, I remember seeing that one a lot when I was a kid. Well, my dad watched it. I wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was little, and I had nightmares of like octopus mm. heads coming out of my closet yeah I, I actually like that movie i thought on the surface while it kind of looks like one of those dumb teen horror comedies or whatever um i, I actually thought it was a, a neat little take on um kind of a modern invasion of the body snatchers it just scared me I, I i was very scared child i didn't actually start liking horror until i got older i was a giant scared cat like the ring i had to pull a love seat in my parents bedroom and sleep there for like seven days but i didn't die well, yeah, see, I'm the, I'm the opposite. I um I actively started seeking this stuff out when I was little. I was watching Scream and Halloween and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street when I was six or seven. Like, I was, I don't know why. Like, I can't remember an inciting incident that, as long as I can remember, I just actively looked for this stuff. <laughs> I, was, I, I liked the creepy dark stuff, and I always have. No, don't get me wrong. I love, like, the dark aesthetic like oh my gosh skulls and black cats and bats bring them on any time of the year but no i was i was scared as a kid no they're not of slashers though i've never thought they were scary well to to me most of the slashers are like a guilty pleasure type of thing like there there are a few that have been done right i think um what they managed to do with um kind of the original halloween what john carpenter did there was great the original Nightmare on Elm Street by Wes Craven was great. I, I think the slasher genre can be done in an interesting way. Um, I know a couple years ago we watched the Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, that sort of mockumentary Actually, one where they like call the killer. I think you can really take horror in a lot of interesting directions. It just seems like a lot of people don't want to. But you're afraid to stay away, stray away mm-hmm. from the... They, they know your typical A, B to C slasher movie can pull in 40 million or whatever and so they know if they make it for three or four million that they're maximizing their profit they're making bank mm-hmm. and they don't really care about I'm, I'm glad that we're starting to see a turn of that i'm glad that we're starting to see um particularly with the a24 produced horror movies a lot of what ari aster is doing with uh, hereditary and midsummer um I, I think we're starting to kind of see a shift where people actually want well-made horror i mean you've got things like the witch you've got the babadook you've got um you've got so many of these things coming out now where it's not just about gore and jump scares scares. it's about it's it's about alfred hitchcock it's about the exorcist it's about creating an unsettling atmosphere for the audience for the characters for the story um 
you know, I don't think for a while we were getting. You know, we sort of had the boom in the late 70s and very early 80s with the slashers. Then they dominated for the 80s and kept getting kind of lower in quality. And then in the 90s, they sort of died because all the franchises were on their 10th installment or whatever. And um, people got sick of them. And then Scream came along and kind of... Was Scream really in the 90s? For some reason, it just seems older. I think. Wow. It was actually no, one of and the it was uh, what they managed to do with that really did kick off the the horror scene again, uh, and then a couple years later you had things like Blair Witch Project, and, and so oh, it, Scream really was the one that uh, kicked things off, and that was one of my favorite uh, horror movies growing up, and still is now. I really liked what they did in that movie. I liked uh, how kind of self referential and meta it was, and how they actually were able to kind of bake in the tropes of these horror movies into a realistic setting and have the characters be aware of them. I, I thought it was really clever. I remember I always liked the Ghostface costume. I dressed <laughs> as Ghostface for at least four years in a row as a kid. And I, I, you would be walking around and you would see at least five or six uh, Ghostface people on Halloween, if not more. But that was just like the thing for years. Yeah, I don't um, think I ever dressed up for Halloween. I'm trying to seeing and because my family we were religious, so mm-hmm. we didn't have Halloween like normal people have Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I think no, I don't think I've ever. I dressed up once. It was just on a whim. I was like a goth girl, which wasn't very hard to do because mm-hmm. basic shit in my closet. So, but yeah, I don't think I've ever actually like got dressed up for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was into it. Like I and I still, I've always been into. Halloween, it's always been my favorite time of the year. I love cold weather. I love dead leaves. I love cloudy, breezy days. That is just... Sweater weather. Yeah, that is just my jam. Like, I just, I love that so, so much. So not only is it my favorite time of the year weather-wise, but fall for me symbolizes kind of the horror movement kicking off because we're the type of people we could have, we have our house decorated with nine or before Christmas and skulls like year round and we That's don't, nice yeah, we, and we, <laughs> it doesn't bother us, but it, it's just cool this time of the year to see people's decorations, to see the movies on TV all the time, to For once kind we've of been be, in. Mm, we kind <laughs> of, it's the one time of the year that we sort of fit in and don't stand out as weirdos. That is true though, because mm-hmm. everyone does things we're weird. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that, I, I like being weird. To, to sort of dovetail off that, we both actually um, love to write a lot. Uh, Carrie, you write uh, novel format, short story format. Um, I do a lot of screenwriting. Uh, and uh, one of the genres that we both like to dabble in quite a lot is uh, is horror movies. Um, we are actually, we do a little shameless plug here, we are actually working on a sort of horror anthology series called the nightmare anthology if we get enough people interested we may uh, provide a link to those where we put up readable pdfs uh, of those Uh, it's basically just um, a season a 10 episode season of 30 minute episodes and every single episode is its own self-contained horror story think of a modern horror version of twilight zone Um, more adult Yes, very, very dull. This would be something that would have to be a web series or an HBO, Showtime yeah. type of deal. Um, but yeah, so if there's enough interest in that, we may put those up for our lovely fans to read. But uh, yeah, we are just extremely embedded in the culture of 
horror movies or the decorations, just anything like that. We sort of eat up. So if you had to choose, mm -hmm. and I know this is going to be really, really hard for you, mm -hmm. one horror film. Oh, that is hard. And it's, it's the only one you can watch. Um, if I had to pick, I would honestly, like my knee-jerk reaction would be John Carpenter's original Halloween. Um, a lot of people, even though it's a classic, a lot of people kind of pick on that movie for it. Like they say it's very simplistic or it's not very, the characters aren't very deep or whatever. But um, in terms of just tone and atmosphere and all that, I think uh, what John Carpenter did with that film is very, just on a technical level, it, it's very nice on... Um, just on the characters he was able to create, Michael Myers is a legend now. You know, that there, there's something so iconic about that original mask, and it's so weird to think of that that was a two dollar Captain Kirk mask from Star Trek that they just painted white and like did a couple things to, and then now we have this iconic thing. So Will Shatner is the face of evil. But, uh, but that's one movie that I, I never get tired of. Anytime it's on TV, if I catch it, I'll watch it. Um, I own it on DVD. I need to get the collector's edition Blu-ray. But um, I, I, I can watch that all the time and never get tired of it. What about you? I, I think I know what one you're going to say because I know you. But what, what would you say? <laughs> the Conjuring. Oh, duh. Well, I, I like that. The Conjuring, like Conjuring universe is like my Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves Marvel. And I'm it is. Like... It's like the horror movie Marvel <laughs> cinematic the MCU. <clears throat> But, um, again, I love, like, haunted houses and possessions and mm. demons and ghosts. That's that's my thing. You, you always, I mean, you like them all. Mm. You're more broader than I am. But you tend to usually prefer slashers. I tend to prefer, like, the actual, like, hauntings. And because that stuff is actually creepy to me. And so when someone says horror film, I think of that. I'm one of those people who think that horror should, it encompasses so much that sometimes I don't think, Movies that people put into horror, like I can't tell you how many streaming services I go on and Twilight's in horror because it has vampires. I know, I'm, I, I get How's tired. How's Twilight scary? Yeah. I get so tired of seeing that where like if there's a vampire in it or, or something, then or yeah, it's, it's horror. And so I don't think slashers should be in horror because I don't think that's horror. I don't think that's, I just don't think it's horror. It's creepy and all that, yes, but I, I don't know. I think it should have like its own genre. Does that make sense? I don't mm. know how you do that. But I don't, when I think of horror, I don't think slashers. I think, you know, well, see, hereditary I, I, or... Yeah, well, see, I respectfully disagree. I, I would still call slashers horror because they just, that's sort of how it is. Um, I, I look at horror like I look at um, metal music or something like that, where you have this large umbrella of the genre, and then under that umbrella trickles down all of this I guess you're right, slasher. And, and so just like with metal, you have metal, and there's death metal and, and all this stuff. So... I guess that makes sense. Because yeah, I remember we actually saw the, the first Conjuring in theaters back, way back in 2013. And I do remember back then, while it is your typical horror haunted house movie, um, there's just something about, because uh, James Wan is brilliant. He, he's really well, And also, horror. Patrick Wilson's fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. I love, I honestly, I don't know if those movies would be as strong without um, them as the Warrens. Um, I just... Because I know they're in a couple of the more spin-offy ones, they're in basically like a cameo kind. Mm -hmm. um, I usually don't find those as enjoyable, 
but the conjuring i just thought fired on all cylinders i thought the acting was great i thought the vibe was good i thought they did a really good job about balancing suspense and not just jump scares like there's that great scene where the hands clap behind them which i wish they hadn't ruined in the trailer there's so much powerful kind of scary imaging in their images in that movie that uh just that they they kind of stick with you and i think that's a good to me that's good horror if you look at something like hereditary or you look at something like the exorcist those movies they might not have a lot of jump scares or a lot of maybe quote-unquote scary moments but those movies create a vibe and a tone and an atmosphere that kind of sticks with you even after the movie's over like I can still think about scenes from The Exorcist or scenes from Hereditary um, that just stick with me in, in a haunting way. Uh, that actually bothers me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to interrupt you, but like you're talking over here about The Exorcist, and I've still never seen that because you won't watch it with me. Yeah, that's that's exactly the point. Like that's such a good movie. I know, but, but I, I see haven't it. watched it in years because it it is one of those. It's not necessarily that it's scary. I mean, it is, but it just creates such an un. I mean. That movie is so well made that, the, you know, kudos to them for doing that. That's what you should do in a horror movie. But it, it, it creates such a uncomfortable atmosphere that I don't want to watch it again. I know, <laughs> like but just, I want to see it. it. And it's I, I don't so want to watch it by myself. Well, it that's one we'll have to, we'll have to do. We'll have to. Because it makes me nervous because my dad, he likes horror films. Mm-hmm. Right? He liked horror films. That was the only movie he said that ever creeped him out was The Exorcist. He because it is, it's so, so creepy. I mean, you've got all these stories that, you know, the set was supposedly haunted, and, like, the, they had to have it blessed, and the director kept the set very cold so you could see the actor's breath, and, uh, like, there's just all this spooky well, stuff. No, I don't know if anything <laughs> tops Poltergeist. Oh, those poor with, people. But, yeah, with the supposed... Um, Supposedly, the skeletons that they used in the scene at the end were real. Apparently, the actors and everybody thought they were like fake, you know. But apparently, they were real skeletons they had gotten from some. uh, I don't know wherever you go to get dead skeletons from, but um, a lot of people claim that that is why that movie is haunted. It's because of the fact that they used these real. Sometimes, I'm not going to lie, though, I do wonder, if because it's a horror film, right, if they, like, make a big drama fest, and it's like, oh, it was haunted behind the scenes, if that's not, like, making hype, up. so the people be like, oh my I, gosh, now I want to see something even more. I don't know, dude, but if you look into the, the Poltergeist movies, they, if ever a movie thing was cursed, I mean, you had, you know, half the cast uh, dying in horrible ways, and, um, and all this stuff, like, I don't know if I go into that curse thing but if there is such a thing as curses i that movie i think was okay so since we're just doing an overview for this episode i know you don't read as much as i do Mm -hmm. but i do know you so like favorite horror book if you can do that um i know i'm gonna catch a lot of flack from you because i know you're not the biggest fan of stephen king Mm -hmm. but um and i do i'm gonna catch some flack here too i do think he's a bit overrated but He's, he's a very polarizing author for me. The stuff of his that I like, I fucking love, like, to my heart of hearts. But the stuff that he does that I hate, I really hate with a passion. So, but all things considered for now, 
I think I would have to go with uh, just it because even with its problems, um, it, it's far from perfect. But of all the Stephen King stories, it has always been my favorite. I loved the miniseries as a kid. I loved the new movies that just came out uh, over the last few years. Even in the book, Stephen King is good at, he is very good at atmosphere and he's very good at creating that kind of unsettling tone. And that's something he really achieves with the town of Derry, Maine, is he creates this kind of environment that even if Pennywise wasn't in the book, the town itself could almost be the villain, kind of. Like, um, it just, Stephen King is very good at writing these kind of suburban, you know, Norman Rockwell middle america homes that just feel darker if that makes any sense they no, feel I mean, like there's this ominous history to this town no, where no, there's I, all I this he's good at that cover up environments and, and all that he's yeah. atmosphere he's really mm -hmm. good with atmosphere so that's that's what i would have to go with again i'm more visual i don't read nearly as much as you do it's i, I wish i did i'd love to read more but i just i don't know i, I can't i'm just not a big well that's why i just but um but yeah that, that's what i would have to go with what about you Okay, I don't want to be, like, a book snob or anything, but I probably have to say Dracula. I'm just going to say Dracula. Dracula, yeah, that was great. But then I could also say Darren Shan in general, that Irish woman who wrote Search Fruit, which okay. I loved. I love his stuff, too. His middle grade, his young adult, and his adult. I really like him, but a, a favorite book in general would just have to go with Dracula because you just you can't top the OG. Yeah, the original Dracula is great. I also, I kind of like, it's something that they really don't do anymore, but I kind of like the old style of novels that were at the favor at the time where they were told from, like, journal entries. And I love when they do different court documents and things of that nature and letters that people have written. That, that, that's a kind of style that I think is interesting that, again, you just don't see anymore. Actually, believe it or not, it went out of fashion for a long time, but there are a few books now starting to bring back. That's cool. Yes, I love seeing that because it is, it's, Almost like you're putting together your own, like they've left clues for you and you're trying to put the story together. If it's like, oh, you get a, a news article here and a little file here and here's a journal entry. And it's like you're putting, it's kind of like a puzzle. See, I, I kind of like that. I'm a fan of uh, not 100% linear storytelling. I, I like when things kind of kind of go in different ways or, or like yes. a film like uh, Memento where you have this timeline running in the present and then you're intercut with all these flashbacks um I, I just like it keeps to me it keeps the pacing fresh it keeps it from being um just watching a lot of like slow exposition uh, it just to me it, it helps the story along by keeping it moving i know I'm you fans I, of all time, I, but I, I know prefer you prefer just, linear when it's more yeah. straightforward again it depends on the story mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie, I'm not the smartest person in the world, so if it's like a really confusing story, and then you're breaking it all up in this like weird trajectory, I'm just like, oh, okay, I don't have enough brain power for this. Well, yeah, I think that's a, a problem that you can get into. I think some people can use ambiguity and nonlinear storytelling to try to seem more clever than they are. That's why I think it does take a, a talented writer to do it well, because you can just jumble up a timeline and do things in a non-linear fashion and cut to the past and cut and have unreliable narrators and all this stuff. But if it's not done well, it's just going to come off cheap and poorly executed. And confusing. And confusing. <laughs> There's nothing worse than being confused by a story. 
No, I don't want to. No, I don't mind if they like leave me in suspense and I'm trying to figure things out. But if I'm just confused, it's not interesting anymore. I'm bored. Yeah, a good ambiguous story should give you enough meat to still feel like you got a story, but leave enough open ended that you can put pieces together yourself, but still feel satisfied that you got a story. Right. That you didn't just get pieces of a story and the director's like, or the writer's like, here, you figure it out. Yeah, no, I don't want that. No. Also, that seems kind of lazy on their part. It does. It really does. It, but it's, a, again, one of those things where I think can be done well, or I think can be done very poorly. I think horror particularly, I mean, it's this way with all genres, but I know particularly in horror films, it's one of those kind of things where it really does take a good writer and a good director and a good vision to bring and breathe like a new sense of life into it and not just copy the same old horror tropes over and over again but um that's why i like ari aster so much um i saw a interview with him and he said that in hereditary doing a horror as a genre film he said that um he found joy in not subverting and avoiding uh, stereotypes and cliches but by including them and then doing his own thing with them and he does do a good job that. and that that's how i look at it there's only so many ways and so many stories you can tell but without repeating some kind of trope or some sort of that's already been done before mentality but i think it's what you do with it i think if you do have to use tropes and you have to use stereotypes and you have to use things like this in your story i think it's i i think you can do something different with it to turn it on its head or, or, or make just it your own. examine it in a fresh way to make people think even though I got you know the same kind of story I'm used to or the same kind of cliches or whatever I, something different was done with it right which makes sense do we could get a little bit more into some of our favorite uh, horror uh, memories but like you said you don't really have a whole lot where you were kind of a scaredy cut cat. off from that. We can talk about that. How did that make you feel growing up? That um, pretty much most people really dig Halloween, at least even if it's not year round like us, they do get into it in the, in the season. Um, how did that feel? Was that weird growing up? Kind of cut off from this when everybody else is talking about how fun it is to trick or treat and get dressed up and all that, and you're kind of sitting at home not partaking. Okay, when I was in a private school, a private Christian school that was for the religion we grew up in, I wasn't really around people too much who got to do that. So, like, no, I didn't get any pressure from kids or I wasn't peer pressured and they weren't, like, making fun of me or anything. But, like, I was always into that kind of stuff. So I always felt like I couldn't be my authentic self, as people love to say. I couldn't do what I loved because, again, it was bad. It was devil. You'd go to hell. So, like, no, I wasn't made fun of. I didn't really get much of it as a kid because, you know, the culture I was around, but I did always feel like something was missing. Anytime I got a chance, I'd always sneak and watch that stuff, and I feel guilty because I'm a person again. But. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's how a lot of people get into horror is as kids when they maybe shouldn't be into horror. Um, and they, you hear a lot of people say, well, I first saw this horror movie when, like me, I, got, I saw this when I was six, and I had to sneak and watch it or, or whatever. I think that that's kind of a lot of a way that a lot of people get into horror is 
just sneaking around, getting behind behind their parents. Or like when my dad would take naps because mm-hmm. he owned we owned our own business. So of course, you know, come home from work and be tired. He'd always leave it on certain channels. I remember that time I saw Pet Cemetery for the first time. That's another good one. My dad fell asleep, and I'm sitting there like I was a little kid, right? And I'm freaking out, but I can't look away because it's so good. <laughs> like I have, I have memories like that. It's like mm-hmm. I shouldn't have been doing that. I wasn't technically in the wrong because my dad left the channel on. I didn't turn it, but like mm-hmm. I knew I shouldn't have been watching it, but I did anyway. Mm-hmm. Or I can remember being a kid and uh, going out to video stores to rent movies because that was what we did back then. And uh, yeah, uh, and I can remember trying to just grab like a big stack of movies and try to fit like a horror movie in there and hope that <laughs> your parents or whoever didn't notice. And usually you'd get caught or something. And then I, uh, a couple of times, me and my friends would take the tape out of oh, you little of, butthead of one and put it in the case of another <laughs> one. Oh, so it was your fault when I would pick up a, a VHS tape or a DVD and it wasn't the right one it was supposed to be. Yeah, it, it, was, your because, fault. it was because of assholes like me. <laughs> See, my parents were smarter than that. We got one movie because we had a big family. So everyone mm-hmm. got one movie because we got them. Wasn't it like five of them for five nine nine or something like that? Five yeah, the nine. one by our house had a deal where it was five movies uh, for five days for five dollars. Well, I think ours was five ninety nine. But still, it's somewhere around through there. So we'd all get one because there was like six or seven of us as a family. But me and Tiffany would share because we were the youngest and we generally liked the same stuff. But my parents would always check the movies. <laughs> yeah, so your parents were, were really on to it. I, I know my grandmother just sort of trusted me. And, uh, and, look, and that was bad of her. Look at her. Yeah, parents out there, don't trust your kids. <laughs> your kids are assholes. Don't trust them. They're, cl- but, they're uh, more clever than you think. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I, but I think that's what it comes down to. Um, like, don't get me wrong, I, I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. Christmas. Um, yeah, the holidays. I, I, yeah, I love most of the holidays, but um, but horror and Halloween and fall and autumn weather and all that stuff oh, uh, has to be king for me. There, there, if I could live October twelve months in a row, I I think I would. Hmm. Um, well, nothing's better than just looking outside of the morning and seeing fog rolling around and having a nice cup of coffee in your hand and just ah. Um, I, I know, um, you know, this year in particular is kind of shitty, a little bit of a pandemic going on. Um, it's going to be different, different this year because, you know, you kind of, I don't even know if most places are going to be doing trick-or-treating, but so if anything else, this is a good time to, if you can't get out, out, yeah, if you can't get out, if you can't go trick-or-treating, Netflix if you can't uh, go to, uh, to haunted houses and haunted hay rides and things of that nature then take this time uh, enjoy being in if you're a horror fan if uh you know if you're like us horror movies are your jam you're probably watching them all the time anyway but you know catch up on ones you haven't seen in a while watch some new ones there were it's a good time to be a horror fan there's plenty of uh, old stuff to dig through if you want to reminisce and then there's plenty of new stuff coming out i think finally the pendulum's kind of swinging in the other direction, I think the same way too many sequels started to kill horror in the 80s and early 90s, I think happened in the early 2000s with the reboot craze. I think that's oh, something God. we could talk about a little bit, is the sheer number. I think every horror movie from the 80s or 70s, 80s, whatever, that had, a, had at least a following of more than 10 people got rebooted. And I, and except for one or two here or there, I don't know anyone that prefers the reboots to the original. I might actually be contrary. 
controversial here, but I actually think I prefer the remake Nightmare on Elm Street to the original. I know, Ooh, like that's blasphemy. I actually, actually, I thought it had, I thought it had some. Um, maybe I don't prefer I it, it had, but I actually thought it was a lot better than I thought. I actually, I do not think it's as bad as it gets a a rap for. I actually think it was one of the better. I still think the best of them was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot. I've seen that one. Uh, it's it's really good. It's one laugh to watch. They did a good job with that. But I I don't think. The Nightmare on Elm Street one is as bad as everyone goes on about. I do not think it's better than the original. I don't think it's great. I think it feels like one of those movies that just maybe needed... That's been a while since I've watched it. Maybe I've changed mm -hmm. it. That maybe needs just... I think it needed a couple more drafts on the script. Because... Uh, and I saw Robert England uh, make this point. He said he felt the problem with the reboot was that you don't get to know the kids before they're troubled. That is true. In the original, you got, uh, you know, you got most of your first act where you really got to know Nancy and her friends, and, you know, you got to see young Johnny Depp. And, Ooh, who doesn't like that? And, uh, and you, you really got to know them as people, and then the trauma starts happening, and so you're already sort of invested with these, these people. With the reboot, they're traumatized from like the very opening scene. They're already plagued by nightmares. There's already stuff going wrong. So you, you don't have time to get to know. You don't them. get to know them. They're not very fleshed out. So you just sort of got these one-dimensional stumps. That is true. Okay, I can get running that. from Freddy. I do think Jackie Earl Haley did a great job as Freddy. I, I think he true, but no one's gonna be. You're never gonna be Robert England, but never. I do think that he did a good job, and I actually like that. He, he was smart enough to not try to do a Robert yes, England impersonation. He, he did do his own fail. thing with it, and uh, I, I think he did a good job. Again, I, I'm not—I don't think it's a great movie, but I don't think it's as bad as it sometimes gets. So see, we're gonna have to rewatch that and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one because I've not seen that. And finally, The Exorcist. What we need to do it this year is we need to do a viewing routine where we watch uh, like a, a modern horror and then like a vintage one and then like a reboot. And I'll then, like, keep, cool. keep alternating patterns. Keep it fresh, too. Yeah. I, I think that could be fun. So I do want to take it back a little bit for a topic you were talking about before, because you mentioned, like, people can't go to haunted houses this year, which sucks. Have you ever actually been to a haunted house? I have not. Well, like that, is, that, is, that is um, something. Uh, I am horrendously antisocial. I don't <laughs> like people. I don't like going out where people are. Uh, Ariel, like the can, opposite of Ariel. Ariel can die on a flounder because <laughs> that I, I want to be where the people aren't. Oh God! Um, so uh, as much as I love horror haunted houses and things like that, I just never were my so thing. I love the idea of them. If I could go through them with just a friend or just like you know a partner or whatever, uh, but by there being hundreds of people there squeezing through and all that, that just. But I I have one of the that is one of my best horror. Because like we were talking about like oh I know the story yeah tell it okay so I finally convinced my mom and dad and my little sister to go out for Halloween this is after they started stopping their religious stuff a little bit so they decided to take us out to some haunted houses now back where we lived it was like redneck country so there wasn't a lot and we found two of them one was pretty boring um, except for the guy with the chainsaw getting way too close to my little sister's face boy I wanted to punch him I just wanted to punch him and be like boy space. But the second one is what got us. It was actually an old building that they had turned into this. And I don't know if it was a family or what, but there was a couple kids in there too. So it was actually really creepy. You know, like scary horror kids are always the worst. So we're going in through there. And everything's fine. No big deal. You know, like it's a spooky. It's fun. And then on the way back, the wolf man comes out. Okay? And you're not supposed to touch people, right? You're not at all. The wolf man picks me up 
and bear hugs me. So see, I would have just, I would have uh, just lost it right there. I'd been like, hey, hey, personal space. Well, see, I, I did lose it, but not in that way. I grabbed my mother's hand and I was running because I was, I wasn't scared because he was a wolf man or a werewolf. I was scared because he, I have a bubble. Like I'm not like you. I like people, but I have a bubble. Don't, don't mm. mess up with my bubble. So I'm like pulling my mother out there. She's laughing her ass off. She ends up, I'm sorry, mommy. I'm sorry. But she, she's laughing so hard. She ends up peeing on herself because I, I made her laugh that hard because she's, it's hilarious. She's pulling Tiffy. I think I step on someone's hand, like one of their hands when they were trying to like come out, you know, when they would, I think I stepped on someone's hand because someone said, ow, because I was running, but I had to get out. <laughs> I was so terrified. And it was hilarious because after, because it was me, my mother, my father, and my younger sister. Well, apparently my dad had got separated or no one thought to grab my dad because I grabbed my mom and my mom grabbed my little sister. And so we're out. My mother's laughing so hard still. I'm freaking out. Tiffy's not knowing what's going on. And so I think everyone that was actually working there, the employees, they thought we'd left. And so they started laughing about how good they got, how good they scared me. And so then my dad comes out and scares all of them because I guess they thought there was none left. <laughs> and so my dad gets, he comes out chuckling. And then the wolf man was, was like, man, we didn't know you were here. And it was hilarious because we actually had to stop after that because obviously we had to go back. Cause, well, see, yeah. I would have loved to have been there for that. <laughs> he shouldn't have touched me. But my mother said it was the funniest thing. Yeah, so I, I would have, I would love to go and witness <laughs> something like that. Like, I, I would love to see someone either get the shit scared out of them or piss themselves <laughs> like I, I would that would be to me the funny part of, of going to one well, it was a good memory because again my mother still talks about it like she's not embarrassed or anything because it, it was funny as as hell like i just didn't be terrified <laughs> like, well, see, touched me. one of my fun funniest i don't remember but i've been told about it numerous times uh apparently when i was, I was either two or three and we were going trick-or-treating Apparently, one of the places we stopped, the lady had a nice house, I guess, or something, because we're standing there, and I got, I think I was dressed as Robin, I think, and... Not uh, Batman? How dare you? I know, right? And then, uh, so I, I, I get my candy, and I look past her, and I guess I figure she's got a nice house, so I just book it right under her legs and like go into the <laughs> house, start touching stuff, start playing with stuff, and they had a hell of a time getting me out. One of those kids. Yeah, if I was one of those kids, I was like, I like your house, lady. I'm gonna come in here and touch move things. In. Let me put my dirty toddler fingers all over everything. I bet your grandmother, or was she with your grandmother? Probably. Uh, I don't remember. I think it was either with my grandmother or my mother. So sure. I bet they were so embarrassed. Oh, I, I could just so. imagine. But I got away with it because I, I was I was two and I was still cute back then. So you, I could oh, get you're away cute with now. It. Thank you. You're very cute. <laughs> um, oh, you know I'm crazy. No, that's true. Because yeah, I, I I look back more on. Halloween memories with that sort of fuzzy fondness that people look back on Christmas because Christmas to me it, I mean it's cool to get your family together and stuff Christmas to me when I was a kid especially was all about getting presents like that, that was it well, kids are yeah that, so every year of Christmas just came down to what kind of presents I got mine was always about what lie am I going to tell my friends now yeah again Halloween was always about um picking a costume and getting candy okay so Okay, so no no Halloween parties and stuff because the world is ending. It's 2020. But um, if you could get to go to a Halloween party, what would you dress up as now? That is a really good question. I'm so kind of out of the loop on this stuff. Like, I, I don't... Because, see, most of the horror movies coming out now... I would have to do, like, a vintage one because That's most fine. of the horror movies coming out now have these weird CGI monsters or these weird bony 
women ghost things. So like it'd be kind of hard to dress up like one of those. I honestly I would love to do Michael Myers. Michael Myers is one of the ones I always wanted to do, but it is so hard to find a good Michael Myers mask. You find the crappy knockoff ones oh, yeah, everywhere, <laughs> but they don't look like the original. Like they they don't. And you have to go online and you have to pay like a hundred dollars or whatever it is to get a good, real looking Michael Myers mask. But if so, that that would be mine. If I if I could find the right mask, because the jumpsuit's easy. You just need a navy blue jumpsuit, right? Some work boots. So if I could dress up as anything now, I would do uh, Michael Myers, provided I had a good mask. So what about you? What would you dress as if there were, if we were going to Halloween? Okay, um, I would choose two different, okay, if I can't, if I had to just go, like, classic, I would just be, like, vamp, vampress or something, like, sexy vampress mm -hmm. thing without the slutty clothes, because I'd just be more classy with yeah. it, but, um, if I actually had to choose, like, a thing, uh, Sarah Sanderson. Oh, yeah. Focus, focus. Or yeah, any that's, a, that, really, that's another but, great one. I have such great mood, uh, oh. memories of watching Focus, focus, like that. I still can't believe they're coming out with a sequel. All these years later, I like no, I do, I do believe the original actresses are coming back. Something that's something, I but just, it's just some movies. How? Because when did it come out? Ninety three, right? Yeah, it's been like thirty years almost. Like not yet, not yet thirty years, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or I would, if I had to choose, I what's her name? Lala Rona, Lala Rona. The, the I, bride from the I, I get I think that's her name because yeah. I would totally do something like that because that would be really cool because I would also be more my style like the long mm -hmm. pretty wedding dress with the yeah that would be so those would be one of the two I would do yeah that <laughs> that would be that's something we need to do if the world ever gets back to normal <laughs> is um at this rate it's gonna explode yeah we need to just have a uh, a Halloween party and invite all of the three people you like yeah all three <laughs> people I can see and uh, and there I'll, I'll dress as Michael Myers and you can dress as Lola or would you prefer Sarah Anderson either way I'm either, I'd be okay with either one the one that we I also love um foreign horror movies um, mm. a lot that we've been getting into recently we um, I love the orphanage which is a great movie and I also we was it this week or week before we watched Veronica Oh, finally. That Spanish woman. Yes. That, that was really good. I, I can even love, take it back older. I love, like, mm -hmm. The Eye, mm -hmm. um, The Grudge, yeah, if you, The if Original you, Ring, the Japanese yeah. version. If you're one of those people, if you don't mind reading subtitles, or if you're smart and can speak more than one language. Um, I envy you people. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are a lot of it. That, that maybe should be what our next episode's about. There are so many good foreign Yes, but then I'd have to get you to watch the eye. You'd have to watch the original ring if you can. Come I know up. one I want to watch is uh, Parasite. Supposedly it's really good. Oh, that Korean, wasn't that the Korean one? That yeah, one I think like so. that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I said, we've we've had a lot of good um, horror coming out in just the last you know few years. Where, uh, like I said, I I'm very very happy that we're getting back to suspense and well told horror stories as opposed to just generic jumping out scares mm -hmm. honestly yeah because um, again horror isn't perfect you still have the ones you can tell are obvious cash grabs and kind of like fluff but like we are moving towards good mm. horror again yeah we've certainly um had better stuff turn out in the last few years than we've had before that guess what got delayed though yeah. conjuring three yeah that did suck because oh. um 
I, I'm not as into the Conjuring universe as you, but I do love the main numbered ones. I haven't been too into any of the uh, spinoffs or any of those. But all of the main entries, Conjuring one and two, and then they really do. They're I mean, they're both because they I look up some stuff about the real Warrens, and they they don't seem as as likable. Hey, well, as, uh, she seems awesome. He's a little more iffy, but also you got to remember he was from an older generation. Things were different. She's she, Lorraine. I don't know. I would have loved to have like a glass of wine with her. They would definitely. That, I would kill to uh, be in a room with one of these uh, haunted house medium type people like that to clean out the spirits and whatnot, and just sit in a room and pick their brain. If any of you happen to be in that position, please let us know and we'll interview you. Yes, I would. <laughs> I would love to have. Any you, sort you of. You can sit down with a skeptic and a person who believes in this stuff. So it would be really. It would be a very interesting. Yeah. Um, it would be a very interesting uh, debate to be doing that. So as she said, if any of you out there are demonologists, mediums, anything like that, please feel free to contact us. We would love to have you on the podcast. But that is going to wrap this episode up. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Please bear with us if it's a little rough around the edges. We are still getting our footing here. We hope you tune in next week. We will be putting out a new podcast every Friday. If you're listening to us on YouTube, please comment, like, or subscribe. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate a subscription there as well. We hope you guys have a lovely day, and we will see you next time.